Um, well, weren't you doing exercises in the boiler room yeah. at the club? So how, how acceptable is that? <laughs> well, uh, I was acceptable because I, because I won. <laughs> I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. Later this month, on the 29th of April, Jonah Barrington turns 80. He's now one of our elder statesmen in the game. Since Azam Khan's death from coronavirus in March last year, Jonah has been the most senior winner of the British Open, having earned the first of his six titles in December 1966. He's been much more than just a legendary player, though. He was a major promoter on the professional game. PSA was originally founded in 1925, but Jonah created one critical central thread when he founded the ISPA, the Men's Softball Tour, in 1973. He's coached and mentored many players, including world champions. He's been a pioneering television commentator. He's written a number of important books, and three of them are hopefully on the verge of being republished this spring. Two years ago at the National Singles in Washington, D.C., I was talking with Chris Gordon. Chris, you can see our episode in episode number 29. He likes the history of the game, and he's met and worked with many great people in it. He and I started talking that afternoon about Jonah, and he said, you know, you should go over right now. Jonah is the best ever. And if there's one guy you've got to sit down with, it's Jonah. A few days later, I booked my flight to London, and so it was on a sunny summer Tuesday. I drove up to Somerset and up the hill outside of Glastonbury, just below the Enduring Tour. I spent 24 hours there, much of it in deep and rich conversation with Jonah. I taped only a couple hours of our conversations, and it was when we were sitting in Jonah's kitchen, and so you might hear two very old Jack Russell terriers sleeping near us, us having tea, people coming and going, as they cared for Madeline Barrington, Jonah's wife, who was ill at the time, and she died at the age of 84 this past October. Jonah started talking about his health and Joey's health, and then we got really into the 1960s about him going up to Trinity College in Dublin and roll call in his law glasses. He spoke about nude modeling, talked a lot about Naz Khan, Nazrullah Khan, the great coach and player who mentored him, and about playing Azam Khan, especially in the week leading up to the British Open. Jonah concludes everything with a classic line. He says, don't regret, don't regret it. Don't regret one day of it. Don't regret one day of it. And Joey was very unlucky with his body. He just never, once he got into the injury syndrome, he never got out of it. Right. And, um, yep. and he, was a, he was a scientific trainer. Right, he was doing yeah. all the right things. Exactly, he was, he, he was doing all the right things. He had his sports science degree. Yeah. He uh, was really into it. He's getting he, two-hour massages, he told me. I think Joey probably had more Incredible. massages than most of the professional um, circuit put together. I mean, he just, wherever he was... Doing the right thing, home, yeah. he, he, he just literally ran the full gamut ever of, of what was available. Yeah. And, uh, but his physiology was not, not good. Um, yeah. his, his build was totally different to mine. He had more of his mother's build. And, um, and he was beset with problems around the um, pelvic area and yeah. uh, 
top of the hamstrings, and he was a very, very hard trainer. You know, he was um, meticulous, but he yeah. was, he was. I doubt whether anybody trained any harder, harder than him. But actually, he probably needed to have train less. Yes, train less, and but he wouldn't have had the confidence. Right. He wouldn't have the confidence because right. there are those who are unhampered by that and yeah. then there are those who need to know that they've last. buried themselves yeah. yeah i i i was like that you know i was like that i needed to know when i went on court with uh, my my main rivals that um you could last that i could last so that um yeah so that um if i was unable to um impose what i was doing in right. the way that i wanted um, I would be able to stay in there and um, take them into the darkness, <laughs> which was uh, which was good. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Don't regret it. Don't regret it. Don't regret one day of it. Don't regret one day of it. How can you regret? Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a price to pay, but when you're young, um, it's not a consideration. Well, yeah. it certainly wasn't a consideration for me. Yeah. Was, Do you I think you had that because you started later? You know that it was you were about twenty three when you took on squash full time. Yes. yes. And you know, so nowadays that would be, you know, always that's pretty high, highly unusual to to really, yes. you know, I mean, you would obviously play the game. You you weren't introduced to it at twenty three, but that was when you, you know, you had this incredible period after leaving Trinity where you did so many interesting things. Right and and yes. you 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 lived in Spain. I was all over the place. Yes, I was all over the place, and um, uh, but also, you know, I had a, I've always had a passion for sports. Yeah, I I love watching sports that I've never played. Right. Um, right. You know, I've never played women's soccer as you call. But you watched the World Cup. Yeah. Um, women's football. You know, it's fantastic to see it. Yeah. Fantastic to see it. It's it's the same game, but it's women's football. It's not men's football. So yeah. there are going to be differences. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, exceptionally good, and it's developing so fast. Um, Is golf, it? I golf. I I love watching golf. Yeah. I, I had one golf lesson. I knew that I I knew that this could be very very <laughs> difficult for my life, for my marriage, for everything. Um, because it can obviously become consuming. very quickly yeah. all-consuming. Yeah. And um, I love watching it because it's so psychological. Yeah. It's right. so psychological. Laid, laid bare, yeah. You know, and then, of course, the... Yeah. Um, you know, the battles in the more obvious sports. The battle at Wimbledon on Sunday. Extraordinary. Which was incredible. The battle between um, Nadal and uh, Kyrgios, who was... Employing all kinds of manoeuvres to um, right. try to undermine his focus. Um, was well, that growing up in uh, in Cornwall? Like, is, do you think that was part of your love of sport? Was I was very lucky. Was born that way for you know from. So I was, you know, I was, I was a lu- I've been a lucky boy. You know, I've been a lucky boy because. Uh, you know, I had a fantastic childhood um, in there. Yeah. I um, didn't enjoy the latter part of my private education at all. Um, at Challingham, yeah. Which was very challenging. Yeah. Um, but it was, 
again, with hindsight, I think, well, that again determines the strengthening of the character because you can fall away or you can actually dig in. And if the childhood is so blissful and utopian, absolute utopian existence and thing, I think that, um, unfortunately, reality will strike pretty pretty hard in the adult world at some stage. Yeah. Youngsters who win everything um, find it's a different ball game when they get into the adult world. Yeah. I suppose that's sort of relevant to pretty well every sphere. Yeah. Um, what comes easy doesn't normally um, repeat in that yeah, that's way. Right. In, in, as, as, a, as an, an adult. adult. No, no. And I was exceptionally lucky, you know, at a, at a, at a time in, in the country where... Um, a lot of things have obviously progressed because it was quite a narrow-minded vision in those days mm. in terms of a lot of things. But the actual ease of ease of movement, mm. lack of crime... Um, uh, you were able to play a lot of different sports. Able to right. a, able to play. I would I would have hated being... Um, a kid today? A, uh, yeah, I'd, I would have hated... The specialization um, being dominated by coaches at an early age, um, right? I would have um, rebelled pretty, pretty damn quickly, and um, and I've had that. I've had that argument with um, with um, other people in other sports who follow the party line that you've got to start very young and you've got to be driven. Um, from um, yep. through that period, and I've seen too many youngsters. Um, for the one, for the one who materializes, for uh, the Tiger Woods who's materialized and materialized, but with issues, considerable is, is, issues, right. but a, a force of nature on the golf course. Um, but I think that um, very high percentage of um, youngsters who come under the whip. Um, falter mm. in the end they falter um, the yeah. young tennis players who uh, were extraordinarily good like Capriati and, um, and yeah. obviously um, uh, and uh, Jaeger mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know don't su- last su- suffered dreadfully that's right suffered dreadfully and yeah. um, you know and others who are not as well known who had very 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 dominating parents and dominating yeah. fathers in the main yeah. Um, so for, it, for, for 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 the for the ones who have maintained mm. and have and have gone on developing, um, I think the great majority um, don't actually realise the potential. Right. Don't think they realise. Yeah, and you had this idea like childhood of being able to dabble had, in, in all these different sports. I had a idyllic childhood where nobody was saying. No, when, You'll be a future world champion. No, we went, have to give you lessons yeah, five days a week. I went with the seasons. Right. I went with the seasons, you know, and I loved it because um, the seasons were very clear cut in this country, right. and um, you knew basically that you had your winter sports and you had your summer sports, and and were moved very easily from. Mm. From winter into summer and summer into winter, and it wasn't a thing. So you you tell me more about this period after leaving Trinity before you started working at the SRA. You had this like 
seemingly magical stretch, a couple of years, right? Um, Would you look back on that as a as the way it was, or was it? Was no, it I'm di- searching. Was it a difficult period where you? Yes, did- it was difficult because I was searching. Yeah, I was searching for I what was, you would do. Yeah, I was searching. I, I had um, uh, my brother was um, uh, did the right thing yeah. by in as 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 people did. He was articled to a sister, which is what happened at that time. Yep. Eight, 18 years old with his A levels and so on, and then you know, so he was now in the system. And, um, you were not in the system. No, 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 no. I, 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 you know, I, when I went, when I went up to Trinity and, you know, and I thought, I don't know what was in my mind. I mean, obviously I was 17, just 17. So I yes. was younger than pretty well ever, any undergraduate mm-hmm. in, the, in the university. And, and I thought, yeah, and I'd read a great deal of um, the legal trials and uh, Lord Birkenhead and I loved the reading and something. I thought, yeah, 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 I think I could do that. I could be like that. <laughs> so I, I, I read legal science, as it was called at Trinity, law. I yep. read law. I read law, law at Dublin University, at Trinity College Dublin. And, and, um, and Jesus... Apart from the fact that there were only nine lectures, nine lectures a week. Um, so, which was just barely more than one a day. Yeah. And most of the people, there was Roman law. I always remember Roman law, bloody Roman law. And I thought, why am I, why am I learning Roman <laughs> I know it's sort of uh, it's part of the structure and the underpinning of so the Roman law. I'm thinking, and I go to um, I go to and Roman law was at nine o'clock in the morning. Mm. Not a favourable time for um, undergraduates <laughs> in Dublin, and uh, and I and this particular day, I think there were about um, probably about twenty five in the class, and there were about seven materialised. I was one of them. And 25 names were answered at the real call. You guys all (laughs) sit here? Here? (laughs) And I must say, he was a very dry man. He had a dry sense of humour. But then didn't one, another person walk in late, didn't somebody show up late, and he said, well, who are you? Everybody's here. (laughs) Right, I mean, it was... um, (laughs) Comedy of errors, and um, it was comedy of errors, mm. and uh, not a good choice. Mm. Not 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 a good choice, and um, and I, I didn't, you know. I mean, there would be those who would say many who would say, oh well, you, people give their eye teeth and so on and yes, so right. on. But you know, I mean, it it all was necessary. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come out the other end and had the fantastic life that I've had. That's right. Well, I mean, at the time, you say you're searching. It's hard because you feel you're drifting, you're not finding your purpose. But at the same time, you did go through these experiences that that, um, enabled you when you did settle down and choose. You were uh, much more mature and, and you had lived your life. You had experiences, right? You had... 
you would you model right you were oh, a nude model yes yeah tell yeah. tell me about that i was a bit taller in those days <laughs> <laughs> my body my body was uh yeah i mean that was was uh, that in london or that in... was london yeah, yeah yeah that was london and um i can't i must have it must be in a book um i can't remember now exactly where it was but it but um uh yeah i i that was quite good fun. It was quite good fun. I would say there was about five minutes where I thought, bloody hell, this is the sort of thing. And then it, it was quite good fun. And then you get used to it? Yeah, you get used to it. And, uh, of course, they're young people. Right. You know, a lot of girls. And, uh, you know, it was... It was uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun. I was, had a milkman's job. Yeah, right. I had a milkman's job. Early in the morning. Very early in the morning, yeah. That had the milkman's job, and uh, you know that was that had some very interesting experiences in in in, in that in that and um, and again didn't didn't have somebody on my shoulder all the time, you know. So I had to figure it out, figure it out, and forage and and um, and then did make, you make mistakes? learn from the mistakes um and and then as i've always said i was very lucky yeah. i had a lot of luck i had a lot of luck i had a lot of luck with my marriage because it's such a dodgy thing and it's more so than it ever was and i was so so lucky really lucky with that i was lucky that i actually I fell upon nazarullah khan you know i was lucky it was again um such good fortune and um and i'm glad i had the wherewithal to realize that i had this fantastic opportunity to mm. learn right um whereas most 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 of the players um english players um were unable to see beyond the relatively poor english right Right. They didn't take Ozum seriously or, you know, they didn't they knew, see them as like a no, great they, mentor. No, no, because of, um, um, you know, the, I say, the lack of English, mm. um, the inability to just sit and listen mm. and appreciate that that uh, these guys weren't actually speaking in their first language. They were speaking in their third language. Right. You know, because they had the Bhutan tongue, they had Pashto, they had uh, Urdu, Urdu, and they had English, you know, that's things. So the last thing mm. that they would have learned would have been English, mm. and it would have been, have been very limited. Um, but the knowledge... The knowledge, the knowledge, the experience, yeah. of course, was huge. Um, the engaging stories. So would you spend time with each of those two? Enormous uh, amount of time. Uh, off with court. Naz. Off court. Yeah, with, with Naz. Naz. Because people used to say to me, what do you talk about? What do you talk about? And, and you know, I'd say, well, we talk about everything. No, but you, you know. I was, you just spent so, an hour or two hours, said, right? Oh, you know, I. He his his children were incarcerated in Pakistan, and you know I was a young youngster 
who was obviously obsessed with what I wanted to do. Yeah. And he, he could see that, um, you know, that I was absorbing, mm. um, <clears throat> absorbing what he was telling me, mm. absorbing what he was telling me. And um, we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd sit... Um, at at Lansdowne? Yeah, at like, Lansdowne Club yeah. with a cup of tea and moving, um, moving the spoons around and the pepper pots and stuff like this. And, you know, and they'd no idea. They'd no idea. Extraordinary. Um, the same thing with Ozum? Yeah, he was different. He was um, he was hugely well organised, hmm. hugely well, and, and I mean he was meticulous in terms mm. of, and he, that's the way he played. Mm-hmm. He was very <clears throat> exact. Exact. Um, well, the, you you write about the first time you played him. You yeah, know, yeah. And 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 you thought, well, here's this old guy, and yes, I was foolish enough to. Uh, to think that, you know, and, uh, and, and I mean, uh, he beat you like nine love, he right? He destroyed me, yes, he destroyed, he just, he destroyed <laughs> me, and in fact, the, the week of the British Open, um, I went, to, I was in there every day, and, mm. and he took me apart each day. Incredible. Um, so I was very deflated, um, and, um, you know, and he was, he was, he was, uh, no, and all, all he would say was, you're okay, you do, you do it, you're right, you're okay, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you're okay. I said, no, but... You just beat me. <laughs> I said, but you, you, you know, you're, you're not playing the championship, you just... And he said, don't worry, he said, you win, you win you win open. You win open. Um, and uh, yeah, so. But it was funny. It was a very sort of funny sort of thing because you know when you win, when you win, um, when you obviously win something like that, which was um, fantastic, um, and <laughs> you got to have a sense of humour because everyone is really saying, oh. <laughs> Best player in the world, oh, because yeah. you was recognised then, obviously, as yeah. the de facto world champion. That's right. He's <laughs> talking to me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm the best player. Yeah, I'm the best player in the world. There's <laughs> this guy at this club who's only forty or whatever he was. And he hasn't competed. Hasn't competed for about five years or whatever it was that he hadn't competed. And he's just actually marmalised me. <laughs> and, in, and in my clinics, I always told the story. I said, you know, I played this bloke six six days in a row and he beat me 18 games to naught. <laughs> so when people were saying, you're fantastic, you're doing this, it did actually... Um, Bring bring me to a halt and mm. and realize that you know there was actually something else and there was a lot a long way to go, a long way to go. Mm. But they but they you know I mean he 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 was he was very uh, the stories you see which you know I hope the guys have a collection of stories and so on. But he he Asim would tell me about how he and his brother and. And um, Mohibullah, yeah. the old, the one who was in Boston, yeah. 
who was the mighty striker of a ball. I mean, he'd have loved these big rackets. That's God, right. Would have gone through the front wall, <laughs> let alone through his opponents. And uh, but they would gang up on um, uh, Dardia. Yeah. Um, because he was the one. Egyptian would come yeah. over. He was the one challenger. Right. And Azam said to me, fantastic player, he said. He said, we knew how dangerous he was. And he would come to practice with us and to play us. And he said, we would destroy him. <laughs> we would destroy, get on top of him and destroy him so that he would not believe no that there was any chance. No. In a tournament. And he said that they, they would do it every time because they knew how dangerous he was. And... Uh, um, and you know, collectively they were uh, astonishing. You know, different times, different yeah, was, times, right. different times. Um, can't judge the. The only thing one can do is in in the time one's got in one's own time, yeah. is be the best you can. Right. You know, um, Rod Laver, phenomenal. You know, four years out of um, uh, uh, out of the Grand Slams, um, or even longer it might have been. I think it was the, five years, and, yeah. Yeah, did or the, no, uh, seven years. Seven years did the four again when That's it came right. when it like went over. Yeah. Sort of yeah. like that, but obviously, when you're looking at Federer and Nadal and Djokovic and um, yeah, you know the way the game's moved on because... It's a racket, whole different game, yeah. yeah the rackets are different. Everything, yeah. yeah. the rackets are different. It was Strings. This, this mm. thing and, you know, all the yeah. uh, conditioning and the teams and so on. But, um, <coughs> so, so they, they were, mm. they were quite formidable because their background was on, mm. obviously, concrete, open air courts. In the heat. Heat of the day. <coughs> Heat of the day, and, yeah, uh, and, and they they were tough. They were this warrior. They they were mentality, right? Absolutely. Where you you felt like the English were always, you know, oh, we're good losers, and 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 you felt people criticized you for not like uh, for for having coaching and and for training and working so oh, hard. And and I remember you wrote about. You played through the season, and everybody else would put their rackets down oh, in, okay. uh, April. in in April, and yes. and you just kept playing, and everybody thought that was crazy. Yeah, they thought, oh, no. well, you go stale apart from anything else. You go stale. I got over over two years. I had um, four four seasons right. in a sense. That's right, because you just kept playing. Because I just kept playing and I kept training, and um, I was able to do more training in the in the, the spring and summer. Yeah. yeah, through that period, because obviously the competitions weren't there, so that um, it's uh, incredible to think that people weren't training. You know, professionals, the the top. No, players. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, the great. Thing, and you were still an amateur officially. Yeah, yeah. The great thing in English sport was to. Um, be um, Corinthian. That's right. Corinthian, you know, and I, what people, ne- a lot of people never understood is that, you know, I, I was always, I always read voraciously. I loved reading. I read voraciously. I had a passion for history. Mm. Um, you know, I, I loved, um, uh, I don't know how it happened, but I suddenly thought, I really enjoyed classical music. You know, I loved all the music that had been so sort of thing. And then I, and then there's classical music. And I thought, well, I, 
you know, I really, I really enjoy classical music, um, and um, so I was, you know, I felt, I, I felt I was okay, but I was very obsessive and very selfish because, mm. and not selfish, because I, my selfishness didn't impinge on anybody else right. until I met Madeline, and then I was horrendously selfish. <laughs> but before that. Well, you lived this, like, monkish life, yeah, right? there was no... There was no... Because why was I selfish? Because I wasn't actually um, uh, having that kind of effect on anybody else because I was plowing a lone furrow, and that was it. Um, but, uh, no, I was like... It was lovely. It was lovely. Lovely life. Mm. I mean, lovely. you just trained... Lovely life. Slept. No regrets. Yeah. yeah, yeah no regrets. Those early years were... Yeah, very focused and and yeah, uh, it was a, it was a um, <clears throat> and it was very exciting too, Jim, because it grew so quickly. Yeah. Well, you started at this period boom, where it was boom, the amateur, and there was only you know, there were no tournaments, and then no, but they you it know, just they, took off. The people in the street were playing yeah. and um, yeah. in this country, and right. you know, and it was taking off in the old colonial countries. Yeah taking off in a way that it hadn't you know there was mushrooms there were 100 I think something like 107 108 centers in Brisbane alone you know I mean it was absolutely every corner you turned you saw the squash signs so it was very very exciting because you you knew that every day your sport was growing and growing and growing it's hard for us to remember now the amateur uh, professional divide you know, and, and they'd say, well, why does it matter, right? But back then, oh, 50 years ago, it was yeah. sacrosanct, right? And, 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 and you fought to open up the game. To, to Yeah, well, you'd laugh, though, because the Lansdowne Club, I mean, when, when, I, um, when I went pro, yeah. um, when I went pro, um, and I was based at the Lansdowne Club, That's right. so, I, so and the better I got, the more interested the members became, right. as they do. And, um, you know, so I became somebody who uh, um, was, um, was acceptable. Uh, well, weren't you doing exercises in the boiler room yeah. at the club? So how, how acceptable is that? <laughs> well, um, uh, I was acceptable because I, because I won. <laughs> um, but you're quite right. I mean, boiler room saunas. Um, you know, ridiculous, um, <laughs> ridiculous, really. Um, well, it wasn't ridiculous, but it was because I tried to utilise everything. Mm. And if it's not, if, you know, if you're not going at that time for warm weather training for going to altitude, which I did a lot of. In going to, going to yeah, Kenya. Yeah. yeah. Um, then a boiler room, which was an oven, was absolutely fantastic. It stank. <laughs> Because the members used to play and then put up their, their clothes on the to, dry. to dry. Yeah, and so, so you're in there working out. Oh yeah, it stank. So I put up with all, you know, put there was the sort of a good good part of that. But this guy who was um, was very significant in the city, mm. and he had um, um, a marvelous name. Um, he was a captain, Captain Desotoy Watson was his name, Captain DeSoto, Captain Innes DeSoto, DeSoto, Watson, and um, 
uh, he took a yen to me and um, and he did actively on half a dozen occasions say I think you could do very well in the city, he said. I'd say, do. It's very kind of you. But you don't really know me that well. Didn't say to him, it's the last place, uh, last place I'd want to be, thank you very much. Incarcerated in a bloody office and uh, in a suit. Because my life has been, you know, uh, so you have a funeral, so you have a wedding, yeah. you know, but I've had a marvellous life you know I haven't had to undergo and I and that's what I say most people because I ask a lot of people what would you actually prefer to do mm. if you had the choice mm. what would you love to do what would you actually have loved to be able to do and yeah. to make money at yeah. it yeah. The, uh, thing and you know I'm not suggesting it's 50% of the politics Population, it's a huge part of the population who would say, Oh, I'd love to have been, love to have seen, I'd love to that. And I was able to do it. Yeah. So, I loved, so lucky bugger, you know, to actually, actually do that and. And uh, in, in yeah. make money. Oh. But so when you said at the Lansdowne, when, when you went open, when you went pro, when the game went open, yeah. they were not happy with that. Oh, no, I didn't like the idea of. Um, the funny, strange thing was that the the sort of the main upper crust competition mm. um, in the uh, in the, in the uh, in which was in London, there were two main competitions. There were the provincial competitions, yep. but these all the best players were centred in London at that time, right? And they played the uh, the Bath Cup. Yeah, that's the right. Bath Cup was the most big big deal, big big deal, and. And the constitution had not um, specified that pros couldn't play. So I'm I'm now playing in the Bath Cup for Lansdowne. Yeah, I was playing in the Bath Cup. So I so I'm a pro and I'm playing in the Bath Bath Cup. And uh, it was the breakdown. It was interesting because um, when when I first played for the mm. Lansdowne Club and we'd go to the Naval and Military and we'd go to, obviously, the RAC. Mm-hmm. You know, the Naval, uh, Naval and Military, I think, was um, the guy there. I went in. He was a lovely, lovely chap. And he was probably about 20 years older than me. He'd have been in his 40s and sort of thing. The f- first thing he did, he said... Because everything would be provided, the towels and everything. The lords, they'd run the bath for you. That's right. While you were playing. Or yeah, at, you'd or... have a bath run for you. Yeah, and then you'd come off. Yeah, you'd come in and you'd have your bath run. Just <laughs> 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 you know, um, yeah, this, this thing, and he said, um, um, can, I, can I make sure I'll have your towels, sir? And mm. I said, no, no. Everybody calls me Jonah, I said. Everybody calls me Jonah. I said, it's very embarrassing for me to be called by anything else. And um, Leslie Hamer, that was yep. Leslie Hamer. Yeah. And, um, and he said, well, Mr. No, 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 nobody calls me Mr. They call me Joe. They do call me a lot of other names, but I, <laughs> but I prefer you to call me, right. call me by that. And, uh, yeah... Oh God! Yeah, it was and he so... was. He went to Bermuda. 
Did he go to Bermuda mm. in the end? Yeah, yeah. He, he was a lovely man. Lovely guy. He was, a, he was a lovely man. And, you know, I mean, they were so... Jack Charles was the, was the yeah. pro at the, at the, um, at the RAC, yeah. and he couldn't use the members' bar. That famous bar, yeah. Mm, no, no. You know, he so was, you you guys like by turning pro, you were really. It was a massive shift for the game. Oh yes, and for yeah, you personally, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, it was a it, it was a ma- massive shift, and you know we were, we were outside the law. Right. We were outside the yeah. law, so, um, but fortunately. Um, Unlike the tennis players who played on park courts and courts that were outlined mm-hmm. in playgrounds, yeah. and you know, talking about Gonzalez and Co. and Lou yeah. Ode, yeah. you know, um, because they were banned from right, um, right, right. Well, there was that long period until '68 where yeah. they weren't allowed to play at Wimbledon or no, 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 the US no, Open. No, US no, 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 no. Right, but they for you, you were you were let in right away, right? You could, we were, British Open was open yeah, to pros. Yeah, yes, that was the only one that um, you know. And then obviously, um, all these when other we played the Australian, Australian Open. Yeah, you know the Australian Federation would um, yeah. would would run it. Yeah, but there was no no no. Oh, thank you, Louis. But we but we were. You were sort of these, and it had to be. You know, I mean, once, once um, um, Jeff and Ken turned mm. pro. Uh, I mean, all the best players were now pro. Yes, because the Pakistanis were. Right. They were always pro. Yeah. They they thing and the Egyptians. So yeah. you they the professionals. Yeah. So that was it. That was it. Um, and right. it wasn't like there were a gang that um, stayed amateur and. Right. In, I mean, I. As far as far as I was concerned, um, I I I built my I built my way I built my castle on through the amateur game. The yeah. amateur game was lovely. Well, and you won the British Amateur, which you yeah. said at the time was as important a tournament oh, as, a, as the British Open. Of course, it was. It was a monumental, and you know, and I played the the area ones, the north, the south, yeah, the east, west, of the west, and, yeah. you know, and. and um, and the last thing, last thing I wanted was for those events to be sidelined. But you know, more and more players, mm. uh, um, because of circumstances, wanted to make some money out of the game and so right. on. And it wasn't a lot that anybody was going to be making, but it was, yeah. you know, that's what people did, and they had, you know, they'd have jobs, other jobs, and they, right. And they'd find their way, you know, they'd be coaching in clubs and, you know, and they're obviously making money from the sport, so they were professionals. Right. Um, and it, the game changed very quickly. The game or the fund, fundamentals of, of the right. structure of the game changed. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. I did. I loved it. Was the refereeing a quite poor in the sixties? Awful. <laughs> it was awful. Nasrullah took over my match with um, um, Abu Talib when I 
beat him in the fight in the, in the quarter, open in the quarters. Yeah, I beat him in the quarters. Right, so he was the defending he champion. Been beaten for about yeah, he hadn't been beaten for about three and a half years, I think. That's right. And, um, in the in and he, he was, was he was um, the marker, and the amateur was the um, referee. Was the referee, and you know, which I always bring out because I can't really, I you know, I can't think that it really happened, but. Um, but Rex Bellamy said I was. He hit me thirteen times uh, before I, he got a warning. Thirteen times. <laughs> and there was a forerunner to that because when um, when uh, Taleb was beating beating uh, Moebula, the old Moebula, mm, in the yep. final, um, and. Um, Bowie, <laughs> Bowie decided that the only way he was going to win was to frighten him. <laughs> so he, he hit him a, two or three times at a hundred miles an hour, which obviously did, uh, what 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 happened in that in that match was that um, uh, Talib was serving for the match, um, and he had, had he'd actually and the Egyptian hordes above round the court mm. uh, yakabooing and you know and Alice Great and everything and fantastic performance thing like that and he went back and he was waving he waved little Abu he waved to the fans affectionately you know he was the icon and he served out a court faulted double fault on match point yeah and <laughs> Bulla struck from that moment um, until he was warned, which was probably after about five or six, because um, Talib was in a lot of pain. <laughs> and he beat him. Right. That was the, that was the year him. he won it. Yeah, yeah, it was the year he beat him. He beat him, and Talib remembered that, so that when he was in trouble against me... He started hitting you. In the drilled, legs, the he arms? He drilled me, drilled me, drilled me, drilled me. <laughs> you must have been black and blue. Well, he drew, well seven seven areas apparently were <laughs> uh, Bellamy said drew blood. There were seven areas drew blood, and he drilled me most amazingly when I had given him the court mm. and was on the side wall. And yeah. he had the whole of the front wall to to hit into. <laughs> you know, I I basically gave him. him safe passage. <laughs> on the sidewalk which you <laughs> so I got a net because <laughs> it was going straight, was going to, straight to the front wall he was in a frenzy he was a frenzy and when he was in a frenzy he used to have a, the vein used to tick here yeah, yeah. vein would tick vein would tick above his eye oh, it was yeah. absolutely oh god he was in, in, a, in a in a frenzy absolute frenzy and in the end because um, I got finally got um, got on top of him and when I got to uh, match point mm. <laughs> I uh, had him behind and I and, and, and I played a drop and I I suppose in my I think probably you stood was, on it I think it was pretty decent drop yeah. but I stood on it I probably followed it in a bit as well or backed off it wherever he was coming from and um, and Naz <laughs> Talib was yelling, uh, let, 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 let. And, and Naz, who was the marker, 
just said, NULL IT! <laughs> Give the match to Barrington. <laughs> and that was it. The other poor bloke, the referee, didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. <laughs> NULL IT! <laughs> Straight away. We had a laugh. We had a laugh over that. We had a laugh over that. God, we laughed over that. Yeah, yeah. Outside the Glass would like to thank our producer, Grant Irving, and all our loyal listeners who have reviewed and rated the podcast, shared their enthusiasm for it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and more importantly, have spread the word by talking about Outside the Glass with their squash friends. And may all your nicks roll.